0: This is KJEM, KJEM Radio, and we are on the air. I'm Craig Phillips.
1: And I'm Amy Rhodes. We are your hosts and want to welcome you to our fourth episode of the Truly Outrageous World of Jim, right here on KJEM Radio. This week, we'll be talking about Kimber's Rebellion, which gives us a glimpse of Kimber's jealousy over her sister and the rest of the band.
0: And don't forget, you can always participate in our show by calling our number at one 444 Seven four four four. Our show ID number is 93860. Press the pound key, then press 1 immediately after that, and then the pound key one last time to talk to us live. This is the third installment of the Gem video, or the Gem movie, yeah, the I should five say.
1: Part, yeah, five-part first few episodes.
0: And one of the things that we noticed, uh, Amy, and, I, and I'm sure you caught this, of course, is that... Um, you start seeing Kimber's uh, true colors towards her sister and her band, and that is she's kind of in the background thinking, well, great, I am nothing more than just a hired gun or a keyboard player. And so you see her jealousy um, really prevalent uh, throughout this episode.
1: Right. Well, and throughout only future comes episodes. That once in a while. I mean, I don't, I don't think Kimber is always jealous or, you know, has animosity toward the others. She just, once in a while, it, it just seems to irritate her.
0: I, when I look at this, for me, it's like she has kind of a short fuse um, when she's not necessarily the center of attention. But, you know, then again, I don't want to put that on her because it wouldn't be fair. I think that she has to live with a lot of stress in her life. And, yeah, I think she, she's very much a girl who internalizes her emotions and um, wears, her, wears her emotions on her sleeves, um, is very extroverted, and, you know, is very sensitive so, the show starts off with a recap of the uh, last episode, which was um, setbacks, or I should say disaster. And we start off with uh, Zipper was sent to intimidate Erica, and um, he accidentally runs into Kimber, who was holding that uh, lantern, and it fell to the floor and it caught the house on fire and literally destroyed the entire house. Um, Howard Sands agreed to uh, let them stay at his mansion um, for the duration of the contest until um, you know they could have the Battle of Bands and find out who was actually going to win that. And then, of course, we uh, meet up with uh, the Countess Danielle Duvalsan and she's invited them to perform uh, on her yacht. Um, of course, the Misfits, being the Misfits, they crash the party and basically it sends the yacht into a collision course towards uh, an oil tanker. So in the, in the first act, yeah. we're, we're talking about it's going to crash. You know, That's We're going to crash into this oil tanker.
1: The big cliffhanger leads off, and they're about to crash, which, of course, it's a close call, but they don't. But Jem almost goes overboard, and Rio, of course, saves her, his quick action. And you know, one of many times he ends up saving Jim or Jericho. And they get really close. They're about to kiss, but no, Rio decides he cannot hurt Jerica like that, which that is respectable. I mean, he doesn't know they're the same person, so he stops himself.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's always kind of funny because, you know, again, we kind of get a glimpse into that love triangle or the little three-way triangle between Jem, Rio, and Jerika. And I guess one thing I noticed about that, too, was it, it almost seemed like Jerika was kind of coming on to Rio, like she wanted it. What do you think about maybe that? Maybe she
1: forgets. Maybe she forgets who she is at the moment because um, she, she's done that a couple of times. And I think in any form that she's in, she's still so attracted to Rio that maybe she's not thinking it through.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, that's something I actually never thought about. Maybe she forgot that she's still Gem. You know, when we go back even an episode before that where she's like, you know, you know, do you like me, Rio? And he goes, well, I hardly even know you. So I mean, I kind of wonder if she really does intentionally, you know, kind of set him up. You know, even though she's not trying to say, well, you know, cheating or whatever, you you have to kind of speculate a little bit and, you know, what kind of side does she really have? But you know, it's under the, the heat of the moment type of thing where you know,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, tragedy almost strikes. So. Once we, once we see that, of course, and we see the misfits, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of taking off and uh, hightailing it out of there. So. And yeah, it wasn't Roxy like with the food caused either. caused
1: our trouble, and we're gone now. Roxy,
0: what? <laughs> I was going to say Roxy actually her. didn't. eat, She was not eating as usual. I was kind oh, of a surprised.
1: Wow! Yeah, she's always eating.
0: Yeah, and Stormer was the one who was popping the hors d'oeuvre into her mouth.
1: Good point.
0: So yeah, little nuances, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that there's. Um, you know, every episode with the Misfits, Roxy's always stuffing her face with something. You know, whether it be a donut, dunking it in coffee, whether it be, uh, you know, just a big plate of food. You know, it doesn't matter. Roxy's always got something in her mouth. It's just hilarious. Um, so now we have to talk about Braddy Ashley once again. and uh,
1: Yeah, she got her $30 that she was supposed to get in the last episode for the honor jar. If you'll remember, she stole from it and had to replace the money. Now, of course, the Starlight Girls, the other Starlight Girls, are questioning how she got it. And I believe it was Leela that said, How you earn the money is just as important as the money itself. Good point. Ashley did not want to tell. She told them it was none of their business how she got it.
0: Yeah. And did then she
1: remember, didn't the Misfits give her that money to let them in the gate?
0: Mm hmm. Exactly. That's and, of course, she's not going to tell them it. that she got them from the Misfits. And. Watch watched that today. I also caught that she really has a big temper tantrum. You know, like, you don't care about me. And, you know, they all pretend like, uh, oh, you know, it's not a big deal, Ashley. It's just, we just want to know. And she's literally going ape on them. And I, you know, again, I'm I'm not really keen on the idea of Ashley being like that because when you see her in the rest of the series, she's a real sweetheart.
1: You know, she's really caring. Isn't it funny yeah. how um, Kathy Ann's characters seem to be the ones throwing temper tantrums, especially
0: in this episode? <laughs> I, I never <laughs> so of that, yeah. That. <laughs> Although, I never really, truly threw a temper tantrum, I have to admit that. You no, know, and Kimber I, and, and uh, Ashley,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, very <laughs> so true. Not, not all
1: of her characters, but most of them. Exactly. So, you know, after
0: Ashley kind of does that, she basically bolts off and heads towards, um, I guess, like a little club or whatever, To track down the misfits, and um, I can't remember how far into the show that is. I'm kind of I might be bouncing around a little bit, but um, I know that there's a little call to uh, an '80s band called Duran Duran, which was really huge in those days. And
1: that's 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 the the bouncer said.
0: Yep, and um, you know what I what I find is really funny. Um, In fact, actually, that's in the second act, in fact, and um, where she goes up and meets them. But um, so, backtracking a little bit here, we find Eric the Embezzler, and I call him that because he really is an embezzler. He's been stealing money from. Yeah, he really does.
1: And what and i
2: think to Pizazz, is, funny is
1: the Misfits, they want to go to Paris. It's like, well, how come we don't get to go someplace great to make our video? And he's, well, you know, I can only embezzle so much from Starlight Music. But yet he can send Zipper to go do his damage there. He'll send him to Paris. Yeah, I can't All figure that one Eric out. That's what Eric wants to do. It's, that's what Eric wants to do. That was his. Yeah.
0: But, you know, of course, the Misfits are, you know,. They want the attention, they want the adoration, and so they want to be able to go to Paris and you know do what they want to do, make their own videos, and you know make but their when you think about
1: it though, so it makes no sense that they can't go I mean Pizzazz and her father they have plenty of money if she really wanted to go, he would put her on a plane, send her to Paris that's where she wanted to make her video.
0: You know, again, I just, I just find it really kind of funny that uh, you know, Eric is. I have to go back to this again because this is just funny. Eric admitting to just pizzazz. I mean, the big mouth of the band. Oh
1: yeah. That yeah. she's an,
0: that he's an embezzler, and I called Eric a She just a moment ago, but no. Um, <laughs> that he is an embezzler, and you know, it's funny that she never caught on. You know and didn't really care. about. Why
1: didn't she think about if she was mad at him, she could have really just sold him out. She could have ratted him out and she didn't.
0: Or if Eric uh, ever, got ever got busted. Yeah. But what if Eric got busted?
1: Yeah. I guess that wouldn't be too good for the Misfits. Would it?
0: <laughs> no, because of guilt by association.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> they had to fall in prison. all to how
0: Yeah. No kidding. So, um, we get, um, we get basically sent off to Paris, which I thought was really a cool, cool thing. Um,
1: it makes plenty of sense because that's where they're going to shoot the video for Twilight in Paris, so why not mm-hmm. go to Paris?
0: Absolutely, and of course, Kimber's throwing her little temper tantrum of, you know, Gem's getting all the attention.
1: Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. when she storms off, uh, you notice Zipper is just waiting to get her he was going yeah. to kidnap her, but she was saved by Aja and Sana happening to come up to them right at that moment before she got to where Zipper was. So he couldn't get her. So Zipper goes on to Plan B, which we'll find out in just a moment. Yeah,
0: exactly. And you know, one of the things too is that you know, in this same in this same thing, she's going to sell them, She's going to sell out her own sister. I mean, she it's literally she's angry. is so mad.
1: She's yeah. Angry.
0: She, you but know, I just think you know, we... Tina,
1: they have to, you know, give her the big sister talk and tell her that if anybody's going to tell Rio, it should be Jerrica. It should be her choice.
0: Yeah, that's true. And you know, Kimber does regret it, but you know, I mean, how interesting Kimber is at that point. I mean, she's just so angry and and bitter because her sister is kind of. <laughs> taking the lead on this whole thing, and you know, and the funny thing is, Aja and Shannon don't seem to mind. They're just they just go with the flow. They're very
1: I think chilled. they're okay with, with being in a band. I think their mentality is you know what's good for the group is good for everybody. They're happy. They don't mind that Jim's getting attention, but Kimber does.
0: That's very true. And okay. so then we're introduced to uh, these. Uh, This video, uh, Twilight in Paris, which is, I think, a really pretty song. It's kind of got some really cool effects on it, too. And what did you think about that one?
1: I really think it's a very pretty video, and I like the, the use of Paris scenery. But one thing, the one glaring thing that I just, it never fails to get my attention is the fact that in a couple of scenes, Kimber's hair is pink again. I don't know. That really stands out to me like, okay. You know, I never saw here. that. Yeah, well, she's supposed to have red. Yeah, they call her it pink <laughs> in a couple of scenes. I'm
0: like, okay, that's not good. Wow. That's crazy. So that takes us to the end of the first act. Um, and before we continue, let's go to the lines here and uh, take our first caller. Go ahead, caller. You're on the line.
2: Oh, hi. Um, yeah, um, well, first of all, I have to comment on, like, Kimber was wearing one of my favorite outfits in this in this episode, you know, the pink one. You mean the oh, yeah, permanent waves with the stripes? Yes. Yeah, I want yeah. I want to copy that outfit. I anyway, I so want that outfit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, the one is actually called Permanent Waves. That's one of my favorite ones too.
2: One thing I've noticed with um, with the zipper and the recur- recurring theme, and it's it's played up a lot in fan fiction, is he is obsessed with Kimber. Oh, that's a good point. I think you're right. He seems yeah. to always go after Kimber, like Hot Time in Hawaii. He did the same thing. He's always going yeah, to that's very him. true. And she was the one that he knocked over and set the house on fire. Yes. I think he's got kind of an unhealthy obs- obsession. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why he goes after her.
1: You know, maybe she's an easy target to him or something, so that she's the youngest. I don't know. That's a good point. That's, that's probably it.
0: Easily manipulata- manipulated.
1: Or easily kidnapped, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she
0: likes to set herself up. Apparently, I don't know, but yeah, you, know, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that uh, because I I never really even realized that Kimber was um, kind of stalked. You know, Kimber seems to be stalked a lot, and you know, you know, the caller made a really good point. Is is that it, it happens in other episodes later on too, which you know we we will get to like like you said, hot time in Hawaii. And I, I never even really thought of that. That's actually pretty cool there. So we go back into the uh, the second act, and uh, um, one of the things that we we didn't talk about is, you know, what is this little second plan, plan B for, uh, for Zipper? Well, he's going to go on the roof of the building that's just above where they're shooting their film, and he's apparently got the strength of this, you know, you know, kind of a Colossus type of uh, person. <laughs> I think I showed
1: him with a crowbar or something, but yeah, that's oh, okay. so unrealistic. It's like, oh, I'm going to push this stone statue over.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, a ginormous gargoyle and, of course, yes. he, he pushes it over and, you know, again, the, this, you know, probably, you know, you know, a half-ton stone statue falls to the ground and just completely shatters and everybody luckily gets out of the way. And, of course, um, where does Jem end up? Jem ends up in Rio's arms again. Hmm, love triangle again, should we say? But of course, um, you know, Aja, being the, the the one with brains, it seems, um, kind of <laughs> kind of looks around and she sees a silhouette on the roof, and she says, "You know what? That was no accident." And then I think that she recognizes that it was Zipper and she knew exactly who sent him, which I thought was real interesting. It's like you know, because if you look at that building, it's it's got to be you know six you know six seven floors. And that's not going to be easy to make out of face. So, I mean, it's a testament to her eyesight that she actually could see that it was actually a uh, uh, zipper.
1: I think it's pretty easy to figure out if there's this suspicious accident such as that, who would be behind it after what they know of Eric and the misfits, so they can figure it out.
0: So, they, they again, kind of take us back a little bit now when we go back to Ashley. And she's heading over to that club that we mentioned uh, a little bit ago, and um, of course, as you know, bouncer heard that you know she can't go to the Misfits or whatever, and you know she's like, "But I'm friends with them," and he goes, "Yeah, and I'm friends with Duran Duran," which I thought was hilarious.
1: But that that mention that. "I'm Duran Duran," which makes no sense, <laughs> but it was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, like Duran like Duran was a single person. No, it was four exactly. people. <laughs> it was four people. But, you know, the funny thing is when the Misfits come out and they see Ashley, I think it was Pizzazz who was the first one to say, hey, aren't we the one, you know, we just paid you like $30. And then, of course, you see that Ashley is, is you know, kind of like, well, she's alone. And, of course, they're like, you know, Jericho must have kicked her out, you know, and she would, you know, according to, I think, Roxy. And then they kind of take, take her in. Under their wings and uh, under their singed wings, and uh, basically, she becomes a, an honorary misfit. Which it's so funny because you, when we find that you know how much Clash has been an obsessive fan, she never gets to be a misfit, and yet she's more into the misfits than Ashley ever could have been.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not sure I don't know why I, they did that. I'm not sure why they would take Ashley in so quickly. Maybe because they knew she was a Starlight girl. I'm not sure.
0: Well, even at, and of course, Clash seemed more obsessed with the band as opposed to uh, Ashley, yeah, who was could, just...
1: They could use Clash, and they, that's why they kept her hanging around.
0: Yeah, and Ashley was, you know, you know, they could corrupt her easily, but, you know, for some reason, they just, I don't know, they just never really did. So, you know, of course, they, the Misfits go into their whole spiel about, okay, there's um, no please and no thank you. Misfits take...
1: Misfits never ask a Misfit... That's right. And
0: um, they just, you know, Pizzazz goes into her big gimme routine and just literally kicks out a chair from underneath somebody, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs>
2: yeah. and, um, and by the way,
0: before we continue, I want to remind our callers that you can join in our show. And uh, you, our number is 1724 444 7444. Show ID number is 93860, and then press the pound key after that. So we're going to go back to the lines and um, get uh, get our um, caller's uh, take on uh, this uh, the first part of the second act. Go ahead, caller, you're on the line again.
2: So, yeah, with Kazaz kicking the furniture and, and that that whole, like, no please and thank you thing. I mean, you know, now I'm kind of seeing it from the point of view of somebody who's, studied early education and stuff like that and you know to me it's kind of telling the audience you know these people are bad you don't want to do anything they do
0: i I totally see that too and maybe this is what changes um ashley's personality later in the series when she's hanging around these guys enough she's like yeah i don't know if i really want to be around these people
1: what's funny is there's so many fans of the misfits i mean no matter what they do I like them. I mean, I kind of like the holograms a little bit better, but I am a fan of the misfits, and it's like you show all this outrageous stunts they pull and things they do that you know is wrong, but
2: some of us, we still like them anyway. Well, they have the Stormer, <laughs> and Stormer's not all bad, and she's a misfit, and that makes the misfits not all bad, and even Pizzazz and Roxy have showed softer side. Right, they have their moments yeah they do
0: they 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 do have their their soft and tender moments or whatever, but I, I guess you know for me they're always you know there's always going to be this polarizing thing with with just how the misfits are I mean I love the misfits to death I really do they're such a great great group they have some of the cooler songs, but the one thing I do notice about the misfits is that you know in this first part of the series, they are absolutely exactly. Misfits. I mean, they live and defined by that. But later in the year, or later in the show, they aren't like that. They do become a little more conscientious about things. And I'm wondering if how much that had with Eric's manipulation and how he probably screwed them out of millions and millions and trillions of dollars. You know, yeah, if he and If people how-
1: embezzle from Starlight Music, what makes them think he will not embezzle from them and steal their money?
0: You know he did. Okay. You oh, know yeah. he did. Of course he did so in the in the next part um you know we're getting down to business here, and of course, you can see when the girls roll up, you see all these misfits posters everywhere. And, you know, of course, the girls are like, oh, great, so we got all this competition now the Misfits. What are they, you know, again, it's one of those what are they doing here type of things. But, of course, they, they go through their music video and, you know, they're getting down the business. They're tearing down the posters. And let me tell you something, folks. As a musician and as being in bands as long as I have been, I can tell you this. That is not uncommon for rival bands to tear up their uh, um, posters of the bands they don't like. It's not uncommon that that ever happened, you know, I remember stories from a band called Motley Crue where they would literally poster, and you know, when they would pa- posterize everything, they literally would stick them up over the rival bands that they hated, and that's not uncommon. This is very realistic for for what they did. So we're getting down to business. We go through the video and um, pretty much just kind of, you know, lightning, you know, kind of lightening up the mood or whatever, until Kimber confronts Eric, and we start seeing her her colors come out again, where she's really, really ticked off, and yet we see again how easily Kimber could be manipulated. And, you know, Amy, I think you might have caught this too, where he's like, you know, almost, almost like hitting on her. You know, exactly. like, I want somebody sweet, tender, you know, and it's like...
1: Yeah, he's oozing the compliments and trying to get Kimber on his side. Uh, you know, Eric yeah. knows what he's doing. Thank goodness it doesn't quite work this time. Yeah
0: and you know the more i think about how much of a sleazeball he is i mean you know i mean the guy's in his mid 30s and you know he just knows how to work the system but he knows how to take those girls or people in general couldn't it be just didn't even have to be girls and and just manipulate them like he could just use his powers of possession and just say you know what i can make you a star so after Kim, you know kimber's little rendezvous with eric she kind of just bolts you know and uh, the, the she goes back and hangs out with her sisters and we get into um, this uh, potential interview with the holograms and uh, Lindsay Pierce is offering uh, to do an interview with them and um, but the catch is she only wants to interview Jem it's the only thing she wants is to interview Jem but you know everybody's really excited you know Kimber's like you know oh I can't believe this you know, what am I going to wear and then Jerica brings her back into reality and says um, no sorry this they just want Gem. I always thought, you know, what a slap in the face. I mean, it's not, you know, yes, it is Gem and the Holograms, but, you know, I, I can kind of see where Kimber's anger is, is justified, where it's like, okay, you know what? You're going too far. And um, I she, should
1: also see why Jerica would agree to the Just Gem interview first off. They're still a brand new band. They need any kind of publicity they can get, and she sees it as an opportunity. It's clear she's not really happy about having to go by herself, but she agrees to it um, right off. Of course, that, that'll change. Yeah. Uh, of course, Kimber's but, uh, reaction. Yeah,
0: yeah, and as soon as Kimber freaks out, I mean, she's literally like, you know what? Forget this band. I'm, I am mean, literally, this is like the first time she's going to quit the band. You know, the first of, I think, you know, a few signs that she was... At two or three was,
1: times, yeah. She yeah. To
0: quit. yeah. You know, one of the things that we haven't really touched on is, is just how sensitive Kimber really is, I mean, the littlest things can set her off. I mean, she is a firecracker. You know, she is somebody you don't want to mess with. I mean, she'll will go off in your face if you if you set her off in the wrong direction. This is a prime example of that. You know, she literally confronts her sister and says, You know what, I'm sick and tired of plucking keys for you. I'm sick and tired of, you know, being the the, the the writer behind Jam or whatever her line is. And the she's like, you know what?
1: Forget- yeah,
0: the woman behind Jam. And she's, you know what she's going to do? She's going to quit and go solo. So, again, this sets it up for the future, and the bands break up. You know, she's always felt like she's under her sister's thumb. And, under the- and like just nothing more than just a, you know, a hired gun.
1: Right. So, so that ends up. Underappreciated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And she storms off and, uh, you know, it, it almost felt like they were going to say, "Oh, it's just her temper tantrum," but didn't this time, and that no, really time, surprised you me. You
1: can see Jerica was visibly upset by Kimber leaving. It really affected her, and, and everybody was worried when she stormed off because this is the first time that Kimber reacted that way and and ran off.
0: Oh, totally, totally, yeah, and that, and when I when I saw that, it, it reminded me of, you know, just how. How much they need her, you know. It showed. It shows the audience really how much they need her. So that basically takes us into the final act break.
1: At the beginning of Act Three, uh, Jim, Ojusena, they they realize they have to go after Kimber. And like I said, Jerica is upset by Kimber leaving, and Jim gets back on the phone with Lindsay, and tells her tells her the interview has to be all of them or none of them. And of course, Lindsay agrees to that. So that small problem is solved. Now they have to get Kimber back. So they decide to go on Kimber's favorite radio station, KMAX, and send her a message. And the message does get to her because they know that she's driving around listening to K Max And they go on there. On the radio, they say that without Kimber, there's no holograms. And without the holograms, there's no gem, which, how true is that? I mean, they all go together.
0: Yeah, they really do. And, Kimber- and-
1: Kimber is touched by their words and she does hear them. So Kimber comes back, and the first thing she says is, Without Jim, there's no holograms either.
2: Yeah,
0: and it's really kind of a touching moment. She's like, I mean, she's very loyal in this turnaround. You know, she realizes that, you know what, I need you guys as much as you need me. And, you know, which, again, you'll see in the future episode of the band's breakup just how much Kimber is needed when she does actually quit. You know, that next scene that comes up where Rio's thinking about leaving, that floored me. I'm like, how random is that? Rio's like, hey, you know what? I can't deal with this. I'm going to quit.
1: I can't take this. And, you know, <laughs> when, when you think about it, really, if you examine it, like, when I was little, I didn't get it either. I was like, what? Why does he want to leave? I don't get it. But now that I'm older, I can see that Rio is really, he must be struggling with his beginning to feel something towards Jim and then his loyalty to Jerrica. I think that's his problem at that point. That and maybe maybe he doesn't feel appreciated. Maybe he's in the same boat with Kimber. I think he doesn't feel like he's getting enough attention because he tells Jerrica, you know, I've been trying to talk to you, but you're always doing something for Jim. And so I think his mixture of feelings there is he, he doesn't get enough attention and he also, he's fighting that, Whatever he's feeling towards Jim, he's he's going to try to get away from that because it can mm-hmm. only lead to trouble, and he knows that. So I think quitting was the way he figured he could solve that.
0: But isn't it interesting how both uh, both Kimber and Rio are very impulsive? You know, they're they're quick to frustration really quick. You know. Yes. Uh, and again, you know, we pick on Rio a lot about kicking over a potted plants, but then you know later you see Kimber kicking over her thousand dollar keyboard. I mean, but we don't make fun of her on that because it's more realistic. It's more like, you know what, she's been pushed. She's been hurt her whole life. I mean, you know, she lost her parents. You know, and Rio's just seemed more like, you know, just random, you know, a random act of violence, I guess you could say. Well,
1: we also don't know in the show Rio's past. I mean, you know, we we can ask around, and Christy has been asked about Rio's past, and she did make something up. She told us what she had in mind for his growing up, but watching the show, you don't know any of that.
0: No, I think – what was it that he was um, – I don't know if he was abused or if it was just that he had um, just a very, very hard childhood, and yeah, I don't I think both of his parents aunt were together. And
1: uncle, right, he lived with his aunt and uncle or, or something like that, and and he had a rough childhood, but you don't know that from watching the show. you, don't yeah, get any of you his really background. don't. So I have
0: to say, what did you think about seeing – this is probably one of the stupidest things I ever saw, but um, if you look at how the proportions of Lindsay are to her desk, I thought that was really funny. You just see how <laughs> yeah. massive she is to her desk. I mean, I know, I know I didn't really want to bring that up, but I'm like, you know what, that is the funniest thing in the world to see this massive Lindsay Pierce behind this massive desk, and it's like, you know – the. The proportions are just hilarious. It's like literally it's like she looks like she's kneeling on her knees, not sitting in a chair. <laughs> so I wanted to bring that up because that was kind of funny about that. Um, and then of course we go into um I Got My Eye on You, which is all about Rio in that video. And oh, then later yeah, on you when they're
2: she's
1: singing to Rio, and it's kinda of obvious.
0: Yep. And then the second time we hear that song, it's Aja towards Craig Phillips. Right. And which I thought was really interesting how they really got that song kind of playing in two different worlds there. Of course, during this time, this is all during the Lindsay Pierce show. and uh,
1: Oh, you know what? Before we get off of the subject of the, the music video, what I thought oh, was sure. interesting is Rio dropping the picture of Jerrica. Now, that's got to be significant. I mean, we can't overlook that. It's almost like he's going to let go of her and give in to whatever he's feeling towards Jim. I do think it is significant that he drops the picture.
0: You know, I didn't even see that. Where was that at?
1: The very end of I've Got My Eye On You, when Jem's singing to him, he's all staring at Jem, and he drops the picture that Jericho had given him.
0: Oh, I missed that. I've got to go look at that again. That is really interesting because that, that would tell me that this is where he's going to start chasing Jem.
1: Yeah, it's like he and, gives, not really gives up on Jerica, but decides that yeah, he's interested in Jim at least.
0: Oh, totally. You know, I never caught that, and that's real interesting. You know, because that is going to have a huge significance in the future, then of the of the show for sure. Um, now, what do you think about the misfits crashing the party? You know, that uh, just crashing <laughs> the whole—that that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, but, yeah, but it, it's so funny how much damage they can cause and. In- such a short time. They walk into a room and they start falling. I and mean, all they have to do is appear somewhere and the room is trashed.
0: Yeah, that's true. But not quite, though. I mean, because remember, you know, Ashley has to get them in there. And, of course, they have that's to –
1: That's true.
0: They try to let – you know, they, they try to get in, but there's a guard sitting in front of the door saying that he's not going to let them in until – you know, or basically saying, you know, you're not going to get in simply because we're recording live. Okay, so – Done deal. They're not getting in. Misfits go back out. They bring Ashley in. What does Ashley do, Amy?
1: She creates a diversion. She gets them
0: in. Yeah, but you know what she does so she though? Helps she kicks him. the guy in the in oh, the, well, in the yeah. shin or steps on his foot, That's which is hilarious.
1: Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it
0: really is. A little thirteen-year-old smashing a guy's foot. How how original is that? I mean, that you know, Ashley's a little violent girl. I have to admit, you know, she's a little troublemaker, but she's an honorary misfit. So you now. One thing that I think a lot of people may not realize is kind of how dark this show can actually get. And this next part about, um, you know, basically Lindsay getting backhanded by Pizzazz after getting kicked out of the studio, you know, I never even thought that would ever even pass the censors, even when I watch it. I'm like, how in the world that was ever allowed, I don't know. But it's
1: brilliant. Right, there's a part in another episode where um, uh, I think it's part of the first five where um, I think Eric slaps Jerrica and that was edited out, but yet you can still see it in some versions. But like when they edited it down, they did take that part out for some of the airings. But yet, because as hitting Lindsay, that was left in.
0: I think that Eric backhands um, Jerrica and that's when real punches him in the face, and that's at the, I think that's the, one of the last scenes in the last right. um, episode of the movie.
1: It is. And, just, I remember seeing that when I was little and renting it, I think, and that scene wasn't in there. But yet, like I said, some versions it's left in.
0: Yeah, and the DVDs, of course, they left it in there.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, I just thought that was funny. And then like we were saying, is, you know, when the misfits go anywhere, everything comes crashing down. I mean, literally, they brought down the house. They really did in that episode.
1: And unfortunately, their chaos that they created was a danger. This big studio with all this equipment. So, of course, something's going to be falling and pose a danger to Jim, of all people. Wow, imagine that. Jim's in danger again. <laughs> no,
0: no, <Yeah>. not Jim. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Amy, on, on this episode? We're getting very close. We're down to two more episodes for this movie.
1: Well, like I said about Rio, that was a significant development. in His character, how he's you know, really conflicted between Zem and Jerrica already, but now he's kind of letting them uh, win him over a little bit. That's, that development in his character stands out to me. And, of course, like we've been saying throughout the show, Kimber, we're seeing more of her personality. And that's important. This is really an interesting episode. I think it it gave a lot of insight into some of the characters.
0: Oh, I agree. But I I wish there would have been a little bit more about um, the death of her dad because she was so close to her father. We we find that out later on. Kimber's one of those characters. I adore Kimber. I love her for death. She is such a sweet girl. But the kid has lived such a hard life. I mean, if you had to compare, I would say, Kimber with any other uh, gem character, I would say she's very close to hard life, like Roxy is. You know, Roxy's a street girl, but for emotions, if you took that and converted it into Kimber's emotions, how Roxy lived on the streets, easily could be how Kimber is emotionally. Like she's battling demons, like there's no end in sight. And the poor kid, I mean, she lost her dad, who she was so close, she was so close to. She lost her mom, you know, and. And then, of course, Jerrica becomes like a motherly figure just because, unfortunately, she's the oldest and, you know,
1: Kimber's it's the baby of the how, group. I mean, Jerrica went through all the same stuff that Kimber went through, and she just seems to handle it in a different way, maybe handle it a little better. And I don't know if that's maturity or, you know, being, you know, being an older sibling, just the motherly instincts, as you said. But she does handle I, I, it differently.
0: I, I think so. And then not only that, if you look at it, how did Emmett react to Jackie's death? He fell he on his knees, bawling. Absolutely. He was absolutely, yes, devastated. And that's, I think, how Kimber reacts. She takes after her father where Jerrica takes after her mom, personality-wise. You know, you're going to see two really key episodes where you see the the parental side of, of Kimber and Jerrica's life. It's it's very deep and really, detailed. I
1: wish that they had dedicated an episode to... The, the getting over mourning of their father and even their mother early on. I mean, I know that it, there's flashbacks, but I would have really liked to have seen, um, you know, them processing this, going through it just a little bit, even for a part of an episode early on. I think that would have been helpful.
0: So anyway, we've come to the end of our show. This is uh, Craig Phillips.
1: And Amy Rhodes.
0: And we want to thank you all very much for joining us tonight, and we'll see you next week. Take care, all.
1: Bye. Bye.